I've spent a lot of time lately sitting with one of the biggest mysteries of science and life, really. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I do when I've got a little spare time. Hey there, it's Shara Carruthers here, and you are listening to the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast, an exploration of the simple, complex, and everyday ways that yoga shows up in our minds, bodies, and world. And if you are somebody who ponders these mysteries too, I gotta ask you, what is the nature of consciousness? Um, yeah, it's one of the biggest mysteries around and something that yoga gives us a foundation for beginning to maybe get our arms around. But I had an experience about 12 years ago that gave me a visceral understanding of what the answer to that question might be. And I won't go into details here, but you might be wondering why I'm bringing it up. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I had this transformational experience during a session of Yoga Nidra. And if you haven't heard of Yoga Nidra, I highly recommend you Google it and then consider trying it out. And, you know, I can't guarantee that you'll have the experience that I had, but I can recommend it as a beautiful and, and a simple practice for diving deep. Which brings me to our guest on the podcast today. So Lucy and I had the pleasure of speaking with John Vossler, who is an absolute ray of light in every sense of the word. John has a beautiful background in holistic bodywork and conscious coaching, and he's an advanced facilitator of Yoga Nidra in the traditions of I Rest and I Am Yoga Nidra, both of which I have studied. Uh, and so my introduction to John was through his work supporting a fellow teacher of both of ours. And then I found out that John and Lucy have a long friendship. And so it was an absolute pleasure getting a chance to, to have a long and beautiful conversation with John and to hear from him uh, his own story of where he came from and how he made it to where he is now. It was also wonderful, given my own experience with Yoga Nidra, to hear from him about what the practice has meant to him and how, as someone who has practiced and facilitated and taught Yoga Nidra for so long, how he believes it can support others on the path of exploring some of life and science's biggest mysteries. And so please enjoy this conversation that Lucy and I had with John Bossler. Hello, hello, everyone. It is Shara Carruthers here. I am so excited and delighted to be here today with my co-host, Lucy Carnani, and our amazing <laughs> uh, guest, John Bossler. Hello, you two. How are you? I'm doing... Good, thank you. And I am too. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Great. Great. Okay, John, I have a question. First question, and this one will be an easy one. Where are you? <laughs> well, wow. That's uh, currently I'm in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Cool. Excellent. We were talking just before about how we're kind of speaking to each other from across the world because Lucy's in Sydney and I'm up here near Brisbane. 
And as I said, we're really, I'm really excited. And I know Lucy is too, because Lucy's been a, a longtime friend of John to be having this conversation today. And I'm sort of a newer friend. Uh, and so because of that, I, I have some really simple questions as well. I'm interested in hearing about your journey. How did you arrive, you know, where you are now? Um, you know, what's your, sometimes we ask people what their yoga story is, but I suppose for you, it might be, what's your yoga nidra story? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good story. Um, and you said we have an hour or four hours or five hours to talk. <laughs> is that what we're going to do here? Um, it's, one it, of those, it's interesting. Huh? It's one of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For me, I I will limit it to the yoga nidra story because, you know, there is a, a part of it that kind of leads up to it. I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm mm -hmm. originally from Council Bluffs, Iowa, Pottawatomie County, very rural. Um, my father was a, a funeral director. We lived in a funeral home for many years. So for me, I've always, I felt, been in touch with something more than the form itself. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that came... Um, with my experiences there, even though I didn't have a language around it, just by being participatory in the funeral business and being around um, that energy, it really made me feel like there was more to life than the form of my body. Uh, I wanted to slam that because I think as I've moved out into the world, I've always been drawn by energy, a frequency, a sensation, experiences. Um, and I was literally looking for myself as I left Iowa. So I came out to California to be an actor because that's what we do. Um, and in doing it, I was seeking the acknowledgement that I was enough from everyone around the world. And so as we all do, we seek. And I think what I recognized was I became aware that I was the only one that was going to make myself feel whole and complete. Mm -hmm. And the practices of massage and body work, cranial sacral therapy and polarity and that aspect of my life that I studied came into play with the yoga, Pilates, dance and the movement. And I think those came together and I've just always felt my path has been using this temple in order to connect with the divine. And uh, one time I was going for some CEUs as we all students, all of us good students do. Yeah. And I went to a, a conference where um, I met Yogi Amrit Desai and um, Yogi Shwarya Kamini Desai. Um, and there was a big banner along the uh, staircase that said, you know, meet a living yoga, a yogi and learn the ancient tantric technique of yoga nidra. And it just all seemed really good. And I did not want to go do another Pilates class and I did not want to do another other class. So I went in and, and it got me into the room where I ended up meeting um, Kamini Desai, who I met first, who I thought was the yogi when I was there. She came into the room first, introduced herself. She was just magic energy, the whole experience. And I was like, this is amazing. I was with a friend. So we were reflecting back and forth about didn't know they had yoginis. This is amazing. And then, of course, she stood and then introduced her father, who then came in and sat down and very full of charisma and presence and energy. And he led us in, I should say, he led me in my first yoga nidra experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a it was a life changing moment. I, I went deeper. I had meditated, but I'd never gone that deep that quickly. Um, I remember just that moment of this is something that was beyond me and it gave me that chills and that feeling. And I remember at the end of it, 
um, grabbing a card off the desk saying, there's something here. I definitely want to follow up with this. And that was, I think, May or June. And then that October, I closed down my massage practice, you know, 40 hours a week, clients all the time, very thriving. I closed the whole thing down and went to an abbey in Colorado to spend 12 days with Yogi Amr Desai and comedy. And that was the beginning of the change for me, um, of my path. And just a side note, in that, in Westlake, Richard Miller was around. Mm-hmm. And someone had told me to go to see Richard. And, and I took my partner, Dean, with me to Richard. And Dean was like, you got to do this guy. This guy's amazing. Richard is the bomb. He's super mm-hmm. smart. He's super intelligent. And he's very heady and analytical. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no. I'm going over here with the energy people. And at that time, that was really the only differentiation I could see, right? Was that IRS was very psychological in its understanding, very heady, where I am yoga nidra was just energy, prana, you know, it was just like embodied. Um, So that's kind of how it started. But then how funny is it that I went to teach for I am, I started to be part of their family. And then I went back to Richard and became part of that family. And now I just combine them together because they're just so valuable in helping the world to become awake and aware. So that's a a very short, long version. Mm. I do have a question. You say at that time, what time was this? Like approximately what Uh, year was this? 2002, 2003, 2003 or four. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in both cases, both organizations, do we call them styles, lineages, organizations? I don't know. Schools. Schools, yeah, yeah. We were try, trying to decide what we call them, Sharon and I, when we talked prior to. Um, they were both really starting out, you know, and starting to gain uh, momentum and build, you know, research, uh, you know, uh, information about the validity of the practices. At least Richard's work mm-hmm. was doing that. I don't know what I am was doing at that stage. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a very early days and, and it's a, it's a relevant point because Richard at that point was, you know, really doing a lot of um, research and Walter Reed had taken on a lot of that mm-hmm. research and they had created this amazing program to be able to help with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think that that brought such validity, the science mm-hmm. brought such validity to the practice, you know, Bihar, the blue book, they had their, mm-hmm. you know, thing going on and, and I am had theirs going on, um, and it, but it just started to really come together at that time. I, I'm a science geek. So for me, I love the science, but I also liked the idea where I, I, they joke, they call me Kumbaya, but I do love the unknowing, knowing nothing, knowing everything, nothing thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just frequency of energy. And so the combination, I think for me was um, pretty profound. Yeah, you know, I, oh, go, sorry. Ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, Lucy, go. No, well, I was going to say I'm, um, I'm, you know, done my level two IRS training, and I'm a longtime practitioner and a, a huge fan of the retreats in particular is where I find my um, some of my deepest experiences. And um, what what you just said then, I felt like you were relating that to the I am the sort of energy approach, but I feel with the IRS approach, that's where I get to very quickly too. You know, you, you had said that compared to meditation, when you went to this conference um, in the early 2000s, that was that you got to somewhere very significant more quickly than you had in your mm-hmm. meditation. Did I, did, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, very true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's been my experience of, of I rest 
as well. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you feel that's an accurate thing to say? Or is it, or I guess it depends yeah. on the person, doesn't it? Really? It's so individual. To be honest, you know, mm -hmm. I, in the beginning, when I was certified in both and I was teaching, and my favorite thing with you, Lucy, is retreats. You know that, like we love our retreats. Mm -hmm. I love to facilitate, but I like to be on them as well. But I find even when I'm leading retreats, I think that I have a sense of what someone might like, you know, I'm like, oh, they're so energy yeah. and, you know, they're going to like the prana and that part of the practice. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden they come back and, you know, that eyebrush practice was amazing. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. And then just the opposite, mm -hmm. super heady intellectual. I'm like, oh, they're going to love IRS and they're going to just like kumbaya on your I am. And then they, I just love the, I am, I just love the energy. And I'm just mm. like, I gave up. I gave up mm. thinking that one is better. It's just an individual, not even just an individual. It's in a moment. It's in yeah. the moment that you're experiencing yeah. that it could just be experienced completely differently. Yeah. yeah. Different times yeah. of your life, different exactly. times of the year, the month, the week, mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I want to take us back a minute because <laughs> We've like we've jumped right into the deep end with the uh, with yoga nidra and I you know I've, as we talked about before I've done training in both I rest and and I am yoga nidra and one thing that I that I've recognized and I'm sure you've both seen this uh, just being out there in the world talking a bit about yoga nidra um, with students etc that is that the, there may be a little bit of confusion out there for people about what yoga nidra actually is. And in as much as we could put a finger on it, I wonder, I would love to hear your thoughts, John, about what, what is yoga nidra? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think at the very beginning, I think a lot of us were really trying to promote it in any way we can. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think by doing that, we lose really what the truth of that practice is. Um, for me, it's an awakening practice. Bottom line, that's the whole mm -hmm. thing right there in a nutshell. It's to become yeah. awake and aware to your true essence. Um, but I know in the beginning and, and, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's a relaxation technique. It's a meditation technique, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's really that transition. I think, you know, you know, from meditation to Samadhi, there's that little, that, that transitional moment there, that liminal space, if you will, that where you do dissolve into nothing. And it's just hard to like, prom not promote, that's not the right word, but bring an awareness around that when people are suffering from whatever malady or pandemics or war people don't want to hear that they want to hear mm -hmm. like help me with life mastery yeah. so i think a lot of a lot of us you know i and i'm i'm guilty of it too in the beginning i'm like let's reduce your stress with yoga nidra and and that's beautiful because it did bring a lot of people to the practice and it did mm -hmm. shift and change them and then they stick around and then they realize this is an awakening practice yeah that's what this practice is it's to awaken to this embodied wisdom that i am and i think like i just i love that feeling because then you know i think for me the whole idea is to raise the quality of consciousness and the human plane so that we can all elevate ourselves and and be in relationship differently and i think that this practice is the solve of our time it's the practice that i think everybody should be doing in whatever um, intention you need for it to be for you to do it that's your intention for right now but the big thing for me is just the awakening practice yeah I love that I really do Richard Miller was um, a one of the faculty for my yoga therapy program that I did years and years ago and that would have been what 2010 I think and um, he came and 
led us through an, an IRS practice that changed my life well and truly. Just the most, the most deep and, oh my God, experience. I don't need, there aren't even words for it really. And so when you say awakening practice, that definitely, that resonates with me so much because there are, there are things that um, I think they touch us and they open us so deeply that it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of challenging to put marketing words around. It's really about the experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, Yoga Nidra has definitely been that for me, for sure. Do you, do you have, John, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead Lucy. Yeah, I was just going to say, John, um, if somebody was listening and they'd never done Yoga Nidra, what would be your advice to um, sort of tip, uh, put their toe in the water or to, you know, where to start? Because a lot of people you know, ask me and I have what I say, but I'm curious what you. Yeah, I kind of want to know what you say too. Um, <laughs> John Vosler, look up John Vosler. Right. <laughs> you know, I, the one that I go to right now, it, I say it's, you know, I said simple practice. You can't do it wrong. It's a practice of subtraction. It's a non-doing practice. You're using the biological process of sleep to drop you beneath the mind that makes you think you're separate. And, and for me, I, and I, the languaging around it is really important. And I'm, and right now I'm really understanding in our society, the importance of languaging. And so I think less is more Mm -hmm. in offering them understanding of like what the definition would be. I think you can give them some understanding, but once you give them an experience, that's what shifts their perspective. And how, where do they access that experience? Maybe that is more my question. So I would recommend, you mean, as far as finding a place to, to experience you, well, just join me on Mondays. I'm there at noon and six. I've seen both of you there. Haven't I? Oh no, I don't know if I've seen, have you been there? No, No. I haven't actually. I've been meaning to, but I haven't done it. I'm Um, there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful. Listen, Mm -hmm. I, Mondays at noon and six are free. It's no cost. I just want people to start their week grounded. And so that's mm-hmm. how I started it a couple of years ago. And it's a great place just to start. Also offers community. You hear a little conversation, a little bit of teaching at the beginning, but very little. And then you get the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that would be the first place. Um, and the other thing is, you know, and I'm not, I've got to be conscious of, I'm not trying to sell anything, but you know, mm-hmm. There's YouTubes for the Amrit Yoga Institute. There, Richard Miller is signed up for the newsletter. They're constantly sending out beautiful meditations. Yeah, um, once a week can, now they're sending out. Yeah, yeah week, and yeah. and you could go to my website and I have a, a meditated library where you can go. There's a lot of way. There's a lot of places to go, but the real um, obstacle is getting people to do it, to move mm-hmm. forward, to engage in it because they don't understand what value does it bring them? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, I don't get what it means, which comes back to the languaging to be able to meet them where they are and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, would you like to have a different relationship with your, with yourself and your husband? Normally you mm-hmm. start off with, would you like to have a different relationship with you and your husband? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, cause he drives me crazy. <laughs> and then that's the door for me, right? That's the door. I'm like, great. Yeah. Come on in. Tell me about your husband. What does he do that drives you crazy? Yeah. And then we do the flip the mirror. Well, what if I said that was all in you? How would it change how you appeared with him? And then, well, that's way too much thinking. I'm like, let's drop into an experience mm. and then just get him in, get him in. And that's kind of what I do. I didn't, mm. I hope that made sense. 
Yeah. Are you suggesting that never would you say, how does your wife drive you crazy? Because women never drive No, how do, yes. <laughs> Well, most of most of my men would say it differently, but yeah, I would say everybody <laughs> has conflicts. But I like meeting those as an opportunity, but for sure, I'm keen to hit, to hear how you've been practicing this for quite some time now. I'm keen to hear how has this practice uh, changed who you are and how you are in the world. Well, there's a part of me that's unchanged mm. that has been acknowledged i don't even know if i have words for this um there's a part of me that has known what i've known and now i'm knowing it and there's a part of me that's sort of like oh i need one today because i've got a lot of clients and i got to pull a retreat together you know what i mean so there's and i'm not trying to be duplicity or like duplicit but i'm just saying like there is a part of me that i recognized that day when i did my first yoga nidra that i was at home Mm -hmm. it was home for me and it was a feeling of security and, and just, it just felt old and wise and safe. Mm. And I think the more that I practice, the more I can let go and just be in that spaciousness of home, that awareness, that divinity. Um, and honestly, for my practices, I'm really appreciating more and more of the silence than I am anything else. So I can be led and guided through the yoga nidra experience, but I'm, I'm more aware of the space between the words that they're sharing or guiding me in than I am what the instructions of what the body mind complex needs to attend to. Mm. Does that, does that land? Does that. That's totally. for your personal experience. You mean, when, yeah. Yeah. when yeah. you are. Yeah. So how do you, yeah. how do you do a, a yoga nidra practice? Like, um, do you listen well, to a was... recording from yourself or do you. <laughs> I did that. I do that with all of my students because I had to do that as well. And that's yeah. a good karma burn right there, baby. That's a good <laughs> subscara clear right there in a nutshell. Um, I saw, I do a lot of self-guiding, to be honest. Mm. I do a lot of self-guiding. Um, but I do have a couple of favorites I'm listening to right now as well um, that give me the opportunity for, again, that spaciousness, that silence. Mm. Um, and I find sometimes it's nice because when you self-guide, you sort of you know, you know, the practice well enough, you can guide. So it doesn't feel like you're doing it. Mm-hmm. When it becomes an effort, then you really definitely need to have someone else facilitate for you. Like if you're yeah. thinking, where should I go next? Or what's happening? What's my, don't do that. Just it literally, you start to do, you know, all of the, the structure of it, if you will, and you set yourself free in it. Um, I started doing that on planes. I mean, that was the way that I traveled was I did it on a plane like that. I did, I would do a lot of, um, of a, I had another really great yoga nidra that I did a lot of, and I would do that on the plane all the time. But then I finally said, you know what? I know this. And I just remember one time, I'm just going to do this on my own. And all of a sudden it was just magic. I'm like, wait a minute, I could be doing a lot more of this. And this was in that transitional time between uh, studying and being part of uh, the IM and studying and being part of the IRS, because I definitely feel like when you're with IRS, they want you off book. They just like get off the scripts and, mm-hmm. and set yourself free and become that channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am where you're using the scripture cards, all these Vedic teachings that Yogi Amrita Science, Swami Kripalu and Kamani put together. So mm-hmm. there is a freedom to be able just to guide yourself through that experience. But there's also something very 
free about having someone also guide you. So I do both. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I find myself wondering about what the last, what's feeling now like about five years as, as a, I'm an American and I, even though, you know, it's been a, it's been a challenging time for people around the world, the, the Trump years plus COVID, <laughs> plus COVID, I have to personally say have been one of the biggest challenges to my nervous system um, that I can really remember as an adult. And so I'm, I'm imagining that lots of folks were and still are feeling that tension, that sense of, you know, maybe things just not being right. And I wonder for you, I mean, I've started seeing a lot more of you in the last few years. I don't know if that's because of that, but I wonder what has your experience of all that been? And, you know, and what is your take on where we are, um, you know, from a mental health standpoint and maybe even where Yoga Nidra might fit in that picture or where it has for you? Uh, it's a great question because I feel like the reason I feel like I wanted to step up to the plate was because so many people around me were suffering mm. and they weren't able to access it in a way that was convenient or even understandable for them. Yeah. Um, and I often say that, you know, we could, you know, work with the yogic world, sing into the choir all day long, but there is a lot of underserved communities, a lot of people that don't even know this is out there. There yeah. are a lot of people that are struggling every single day that could use these practices. Um, because COVID in particular, the pandemic in particular, really brought into awareness most people's inability to self-regulate, period. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a conversation that needed to have. And if you're looking for blessings, that would be one of the blessings that came out of that experience was to be able mm -hmm. to articulate to someone that it wasn't the pandemic necessarily that was causing this much stress. It was their inability to recognize what self-regulation was for them and how to find balance. Yeah. And so the pandemic really just made it much worse. And of course, you know, it's so difficult to work with people that are already in sympathetic on and reactive states just to try to get them to calm down is challenging. The way really in is to get them when they're somewhat calmed down and then we can deepen this practice so that there's some capacity, some allostatic load for whenever, because we know, I mean, we know other things are going to happen in our lives, in yeah. the world. And the pandemic, I think, really revealed to me a lot of it, you know, with students in particular, that they just didn't understand what self-regulation was and, and how to care for themselves and how to manage that nervous system in a way that would fortify them and give them vitality to be able mm -hmm. to have experiences like a pandemic. And I mean, my Lord, you two, we went through an enormous amount of stress these last two years. I mean, in the history I mean, I'm, I'm being very dramatic and I sometimes am that way. I don't ever remember a time where it was like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and everybody's shadow side came out like freaking crazy, nutty. Anyone yeah. that's ever had trauma, alive and awake and aware, unfortunate in the perspective because they were just being charged every time they opened their eyes. Yeah. So it was a learning curve, but I also am grateful for it to have happened because now look at where we are. We've got all these beautiful practices being um, shared and talked about. You're having this podcast about it. It's starting to like elevate so that we can bring more and more people to the understanding that you can have life mastery. Mm. Listen, you're still going to be pissy, griping, grumpy. You're still going to have bad days and good days. But let me just say this. You'll be able to manage a whole different lifestyle, mastery lifestyle, if you get these practices under your belt. 
Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I think um, uh, one of the big aspects for me with a regular practice of yoga nidra is also building up resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not just sort of recovering from the stresses of life, but it's actually building up a resilience. So when they hit, and you know, in particular, much more uh, easily being able to come into a calm center sort of a, a, you know, connect with inner resource or whatever it might be to be present and with whatever's arising and not be as reactive. And not only for the benefit of the person with whom you might be reacting, but also what I've been observing is for my own benefit of not sort of charging up my nervous system because I'm reacting. So mm-hmm. so by being, yeah, uh, having the skills which are developed for have developed for me through a very regular practice and mm. so yeah no I, yeah. I completely agree mm. yeah and for me mm. that was definitely part of the part of the reasoning behind my question for you about how this practice is, has uh has changed you over time because I were my my earliest experiences of you um were you just struck me as this person who was so calm and so centered and that, you know, that's obviously continued as I've had this opportunity to have more um, exposure to you, but that's something that's really struck me. And, you know, as Lucy was sort of saying this, this mental and emotional and perhaps even energetic, which kind of flows through all of it, this resilience that means that we are able to, um, you know, be in situations without without that reactivity that may have been there before, and and I've personally noticed in my own situation in my own life how that happens over time for sure, uh, mm-hmm. and it touches everything. It touches everything that you do, everything that you you know, every conversation you have with somebody, all the thoughts and processes that you do or that I do, I should just say. Um, on my own, my relationships, you know, you were talking about, you know, how you, how are you with your husband, your wife, whatever it is, all of that is impacted mm-hmm. over time. And yeah, I found that, you know, that's, I suppose, one of the gifts of, of the practice. And what's coming from coming to me now is the fact that, um, you know, as having practiced yoga for so long, one of the, one of the reasons why yoga nidra has for me been, um, such a juicy practice is because you're just lying there. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so easy to do, you know, and I really, really want to, I want to talk about that a little because, you know, there's so many, so many of these practices that we talk about and we talk about how great they are for you. And people think, yeah, but I got to go, you know, I got to get on the clothes and I got to go to the thing and I got to whatever, but you know, with yoga nidra, none of that. <laughs> It's the best selling point of all, right? Hey, you can't do it wrong and you get yeah. to lie down. Yeah. What what could go wrong here? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I guess the challenge is you have to remain awake, but if you fall asleep, you're yeah. still getting the restorative aspects of the practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and I suppose another thing that I'm kind of interested in in hearing your thoughts on, and this might even have uh this might even lead us into a dis- into a discussion about your new role. Um, which we will get to, even if it doesn't, is, you know, uh, in the last few years, tensions around the issues of social justice have, have also arisen. So we've had COVID, you know, we've had whatever, we've had po- political issues leading into COVID, and now this. And I wonder, are you seeing more folks who are 
reaching out for or inquiring into yoga nidra for uh for addressing that and also if they aren't like what are your thoughts about how yoga nidra can can support you know can support our all of our efforts around um addressing injustice in the world it's a big one sorry yeah it's a big one it's a loaded question i want to go like three different places my mind is like ding 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 no no it's all all good all those places go all those places um the first thing i would say is i've noticed that i'm um seeing a lot more people coming in with that intention for the practice yeah like really making that become aware and i think you know the polarization the political polarization of even covids and vax and not vax Mm. that whole Mm -hmm. experience stirred up a dust and then black lives matter stirred up all of this and so now as people are like and it's sort of what you know lucy was saying too it's like what we're all doing is just trying to like calm down so that we can be with ourselves to meet the moment as the moment is not based on our past programming but our past programming has a lot of good stuff in it people so i talk about the black box so you know i have a little black box and everything that's ever happened to my life is in that black box and pretty much all of it's probably really helpful, but there's some percentage of that that's probably not informing my experience is probably limiting my experience. And one of the things that I've learned is about my own biases. Mm. I, was, I was refusing to not go through this without going through and finding some of my own biases and to be able to share with students that were coming in saying how difficult it is to be a person of color, how difficult it is to be transgender, how difficult it is to be gay, Um, and not just gay, but like gay and flamboyant or gay and subtle, or there's like this range of things that people couldn't be themselves. Mm. And the beautiful thing about the practice is it transcends all of it, but not to like get rid of it, but to welcome all of it and to embrace all of it. And I think for me, that's why I've seen so many more people come to on retreat with me, but also just with practice and clients, they're trying to find within themselves a centering in a place where they can be with themselves as they are and see the world as it is, Mm. as opposed to how they think they're supposed to see the world or how the world wants them to see it. And yoga nidra does that for you. Mm. I mean, it doesn't do that for you. It offers you the opportunity to rest in it, to be able to shift your perspective about what's real and what's not real. Mm. And that's the reason, you know, segue, that's the reason I wanted to join the board of IREST was because there are underserved communities, people of color, transgender gays, all sorts of populations that don't even know this practice exists. Mm. And it's my job to make sure everyone knows about this practice. And I don't care if it's I am Yoga Nidra, I rest Yoga Nidra, Saraswati, Satyananda, blah, you know, Uma, whoever it is, I don't really care. Get on board and figure out this practice as an opportunity for you to become awake and that you can care for yourself in a way that you can care for people that you don't like because mm-hmm. you don't like them because your mind is in the way of seeing them for who they are. And that's a, just a shift in perspective. And I know that's a challenging statement to make sure. because- I live here in America and, you know, there's the red and the blue. Where do you fall? And I'm like, I like a nice shade of gray. But again, I think what we need to recognize is what I'm looking at is me. What I'm upset about over there is in me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to protect myself and make sure that I'm, you know, I'm not going to be someone's punching bag anymore. I'm going to stand for my, who I am, but I'm also going to have much more compassion and empathy because of it. 
And by joining IRES, the board itself is because I really wanted to be part of the DEI. I wanted mm. to be part of this new governings board. I wanted to be much more participatory. The, the mechanisms that are in place there are remarkable. I mean, how efficient they were to organize um, the International Yoga Nidra Conference. I worked with them for a year on that. And I watched how seamless they were and how motivated, motivated they were to get these teachings out. Um, and they have such great mechanisms in play that I thought, okay, you know, at first I was apprehensive, I guess, apprehensive in the sense, because, you know, I had all these people thinking, well, in our, in, hold on, let me just, how I want to say this. People have preconceived notions of what they need for you to be for them. Mm-hmm. And so if so I'm, true. yeah. And so I can cause some people a mind bender because of I'm over here teaching for them. And now I'm over here doing this. Like, how dare you do that? Mm. Does, does Yogi Amrit Desai know that you're doing that? And I'm like, <laughs> actually, yeah, I talked to him about it. And he thinks it's a great idea. But I can't be, here's the thing that I'm learning in this practice, and this is kind of fresh, but I can be the best representation of myself that I can be, but I can't be everything you want me to be. And if I disappoint you not being who you want me to be, I'm sorry, but I'm going to come back and be the best I can be. And that is so important for people, especially in our world and our society today, that, you know, it's okay not to be liked. It's okay that people might not like what you're offering. You know, it's okay if perhaps maybe they don't like your yoga nidra. It's okay because that's not what you're doing it for. And I think if you go back in the past, a lot in my life, for sure, I was, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't make sure everybody else was taken care of. Everybody else was happy. Everybody became awakened and my life would be complete. In the meantime, I'm like, I'm not making it very well over here. My body's falling apart. I'm having some challenges. But I just remember in that 2003 and 2004, I felt like there was a shift in that perspective about like, I got to take care of me so then I can be of service for others. I need to learn and embody so I can be of service to others. And here we are, you know, I was going to say 10 years later, but I, I want to say that's probably, yeah, 10 years almost, later, I'm scratching my head. 20. Almost 20. I swear I didn't want <laughs> you to say it, but it's 20 oh, years later. Oh my God. Um, I just always follow the number 10. It's easier. And here I am working with an incredibly um, esteemed group of intellectual, smart-minded I mean, Richard Miller, Miller is brilliant mm. and he is one of the most, he's, he's, he's a dear friend, but he's, he's just one of the most brilliant teachers and so steeped in knowledge and Yogi Amar Desai, another brilliant, brilliant man and a teacher of just, it's just, it's remarkable just to be with them and hanging out with them. I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. Mm. I feel very lucky. I even feel more lucky, if that's even a way of articulating that, that I could be on the board of iRest and be able to pr- give input mm-hmm. and to be able to say, hey, let's do this, let's do this. And they're like, let's talk about that. Let's get going on that. Let's start making things happen where this is the role I think that I was born to, to, to be doing, which is sort of come up with incredible you know, ways to help many more people that are out there in communities that don't know this practice can change their lives. More importantly, reduce their suffering because most people that are suffering are self-induced sufferers. 
I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just grateful to be there. Can you give us any insights in terms of uh, um, sort of um, what's the word I want? Not not hot tips. What am I trying to say? Sort of a, a, an idea of any new direction for iRest organization or new initiatives, endeavors? Yeah, well, definitely. There's um, we've had. A, a handful of meetings right now, we are meeting, this is how important this is, which is why I really am enjoying my time with them. We're meeting for a week in April. We're all coming together for a week. We're all coming with our ideas. We're all coming with um, our our programs or our formulas or what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the IRS organization me. you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For IRS organizations, for the board, for the IRS board, we're going to come together. Mm-hmm. But I think if anything, I would say this, it's time for diversity at all levels, people, mm-hmm. at all, all levels. Here, and here. so, yeah, <laughs> that's what brought me in. You know, listen, I want to see all sorts of diversity when I look online. I want to hear diversity. I want to see teachers of diversity. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to be acknowledged. And I, I think that it's a big change what's happened these last two years. And we better own what took place, Mm. learn from our experiences and make a pragmatic step towards that change. Because you know Mm. what, if you don't, it'll just dissolve like everything else. And I shouldn't get there, but like in society, how everything (laughs) else is like, oh, we forgot about that. We're worried about the slap now. It's like, can Mm -hmm. we come back to what's the most important thing in our equation? Mm. There are people that are suffering and we have something here that could help them. So how do we get them together? So that's really the intention. And I think that IRS is doing an amazing job just to recreate, not recreate the program so much, but recreate who's involved so that there's a lot more perspectives coming in and, and their willingness to do that is remarkable. Very grateful mm. for that. I have and to say, I was sorry, just yeah. that I was so happy and heartened to hear about what they're up to and to see that they have invited you to join them. I, and, you know, one thing I will say too is, um, this it's not easy you know i think i think that you know people of all people or maybe not all but a lot of folks out there think you know well diverse you know creating a diverse uh organizations creating a, organizations and programs that reflect what's out there well that's easy we just invite more of this and invite more of that it is not an easy process at all and I think that's part of the reason why organizations are, have been reluctant to sort of, to some degree, to, to take it on. And mm-hmm. so I'm, you know, I'm excited for this, you know, as somebody who's a member of the IRS community. Um, and I'm excited about what's ahead for you, mm-hmm. for you all. And I'm, and I'm really happy that, you know, the organization has chosen to take this on because it's definitely worthwhile for sure it will be. You know, for somebody like me to see other people that look like me out there doing this, it, it's it's a it's a cha- it's a life changer. It's a game changer. It truly yeah, and is. imagine, Char, imagine now, like if someone actually saw you there, that they, that would be an opportunity or a possibility that before they'd never even knew was there. That's right. And yeah. I think that's what's so. I, I agree. I just think it's we're at a pivotal time, and I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, wonderful. Scott, uh, Lucy, did you have a question? Sorry. Well, I was going to say, so that's, uh, I guess, somewhat specific to your role with iRest. What about John Vossler, the 
you know, what else is on the <laughs> horizon yeah. for John Vossler? What about that JohnVossler.com guy? What is he up to? <laughs> What's he doing? Um, yeah. With the nice font. Go- yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, well, to be honest with you, I, right now, what I'm focusing on is, um, I know this sounds odd, but diversification. And so I'm trying to figure out where I want to focus my energy. So right now, um, you know, I've had some trips to, to uh, Peru and trips to um, India. And I had some trips to um, Bali and I love retreats. I love them. Um, I sort of got swiped during COVID in these last two years. And even this January India trip got canceled at the last mm. minute because of COVID. So that's yeah. been challenging, but I still want to continue with that. So right now I'm still doing Esalen and Omega um, as far as the retreats here within the country, because then I realize I'm not going to worry about international travel. Um, and then you're allowed I'm working... to come to Australia again, John. The yes, please. Is well, <laughs> it's kind of a, I, I'm kind of thinking that's a great idea. I think yeah. in 2023, um, I'm going to be going to Bali in June with a group of people. And what I think I might do is before I go to Bali, I might come and do a, uh, a little you know, traveling through Australia a little bit and do some workshops and just kind of come down there. And I have such great people there. I mean, it's mm. so wonderful, the people that I've met there. Um, so I'll probably tag that on to uh, June of 2023 when I do the Bali re- retreat. Um, but I, I do this thing called Tribe Being Community. And it's a, a class that I do. And it's really about the social interaction. It's it's sort of showing you come on a on a class and it's not just names. You actually see people's faces like what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I do a, a conversation. I always have an inquiry because, right, the rest of our lives about inquiry. So let's get familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I do a little inquiry and we talk a little bit and then I hit a little button and everybody goes to breakout rooms and they have to be with someone they don't know and they have to learn how to listen. How not to fix mm-hmm. how to experience being. <laughs> And those three things push a lot of buttons. And that's why a lot of people don't come back the second time because that was a lot. It's a lot. But I'm really enjoying that tribe being community because I'm realizing the people that are showing up are doing this work and they want to be a better listener. They want to be a better communicator. I want to be able to offer tools that allow you to see everyone as whole and complete and stop trying to fix everybody. Because mm-hmm. if you see them as whole and complete, then your energy going to them needing to be fixed won't be projected upon them, nor will they have to defend that they feel like you need for them to fix me. You know what I mean? All of that can be flushed out if if we do it intimately. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now is to try being community and and really just enjoying being with, just like this. I just enjoy being with people again. Um, I will look forward to doing it in person as well, but right now we're still online. Wow, very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. So, yeah, so one, um, as you know, the podcast uh, name is Live Like You Love Yourself. And I will have to uh, confess openly that a big part of me living like I love myself is a regular yoga nidra practice, um, some of which are led by you. Um, and whenever I can, I, oh, just a little, just a little um, note, you mentioned your free, med- your free yoga nidras. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've said Mondays, just for our listeners in Australia, that's Tuesdays. So Yeah, and uh, it's Tuesday afternoons too, by the way. I, they are Tuesday at like 11.30 or something like well, that. Well, yeah. we're just we'll about to go links. off daylight savings, so you have to double check. So, yeah, but yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And, we'll put um, Thank Yeah, you. so that's, a, that's a, a big part of how I live like I love myself. And we're kind of curious to ask you, what are the things you do in your life to live like you love yourself? 
Mm. I got emotional when you said that. I really did. That that really resonates with me. Um, for me, I think that um, movement of my body, dance, um, is one of the most important things for me. Um, that just makes me feel alive, whether it's a, a jazz class, a ballet class, hip hop class, or just dancing in the studio in the back. That just makes me feel alive and it makes me just fall in love with life and myself. Um, I'm an avid tennis player. I play a lot of tennis. Um, I think though, though, what made me, I get emotional when you were saying that, um, Lucy, because I've spent time with you and I could feel you. That was just so authentic, the way that you asked that question and how you feel about it. And to me, what we're doing right now is what makes me emotional is what makes me feel so alive and so feel like this is what it's all about. I love the intimacy of being. Mm. Nourishing. It's nourishing to be in connection in this way. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And, yeah. and imagine if, if we, you know, thought about having the intimacy of being with each other, I think that it would just change everyone. I think if you would just stop for a minute and like, hi, I'm looking in both of your eyes right now. <laughs> and there's nothing else but this. Mm. And it just drops everything down and you kind of go, okay, what should we talk about now? That to me is exhilarating for me. It expresses Likewise. your love for yourself. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, I'm going to tell me when we have to stop, but I could go on forever. But I want to say this one thing. <laughs> um, the love for myself didn't happen at the child at, 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 at a young age right and most mm -hmm. people don't right they work it all out it only came i think when i realized that you stop seeking something outside of yourself mm -hmm. and that the love that you seek is the love that's within yourself the relationship you seek is a relationship with yourself and then all of a sudden then it became like wow then really the focus is is loving myself so fully embodying it so much as and there's moments people I know people are gonna be like you don't love yourself all the time I'm like you know there's moments but the foundation of that love is always there it's uncaused love and then I can be with the two of you I can be with anyone and whether or not you say oh John that blue shirt looks terrible on you I could be like oh they don't like the blue shirt on me oh wonder what's wonder why and not concern myself with like how it, it's about me mm. it's a simple example but I think that that love, that uncaused love of connecting to the source of who you are, consciousness itself, it just, it's living me now, where before it, 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 it was, I wasn't aware that I wasn't in control and the divine was the doer. That was the game changer. Wow. I asked that question at the beginning of this conversation about how this practice has changed you and changed who you are, and I feel it. I really do. I mean, I didn't know you then, but I certainly feel your practice through mm -hmm. who you're being, you know, with mm -hmm. us and, and who you're being in the world. And I just want to thank you for agreeing to have this conversation with us, mm -hmm. for being here so fully and so present with us. That makes such a huge difference. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really am looking forward to, to sharing this conversation with our communities there's a lot to learn in it so thank you john for everything that you do thank you thank you yeah, for just yeah. the opportunity
Yeah. Yes, and blessings for your work in the in the coming months in April in your gathering with the IRS community and, Thank uh, you. and onwards. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We look forward I to highly you recommend Go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say, I highly recommend everybody should avail themselves of what you offer. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Just go I'll to my website. Yeah, 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 just go to my website. You'll see it there. I'm not a big promoter, but go to my website. No, but I want to say one thing, though. I really sure. appreciate both of you. And um, I just feel it's important to recognize that what you're doing is 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 more than what it appears that you're doing. And it's a big deal. And I think that these sort of conversations, these um, important conversations are important to have, but also you give a space and you allow people that might not know just to be sitting in it so they can feel the vibration of knowledge of the embodied wisdom that you are offering. Mm -hmm. That to me is what's so powerful about what you do. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Beautiful. Wonderful. I know. I'm holding this differently as a result of that. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we hope that this isn't going to be the last time we get a chance to talk with you, John, <laughs> either on or offline. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. I appreciate it. Take mm-hmm. care. Bye. Namaste. Yeah. Gone. Thanks. Hello, Lucy. Hey, Shara. <laughs> How are you today? I'm pretty good. We are back. This is what? Is this a week later? Is this a week since we talked to John? I think it's 10 days. 10 days? Okay. So yeah, time has flown. I know, hasn't it? (laughs) Time has definitely flown and we both so enjoyed that conversation. You know, one thing I was thinking about just to kick off this little, uh, this little outro or discussion is that this conversation with John was the first conversation that I've had on the podcast about Yoga Nidra. And that I can remember, like I'm thinking about it, and I think so. And also, yoga, I feel like yoga nidra changed my life well mm. and truly. Like I talk, and I don't, you know, I talk about it every once in a while when the time when I have the opportunity, but so much of the 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 interests that I have now in you know, some of the things that I'm studying, transpersonal psychology, et cetera, are all around this, you know very pivotal experience that I had with yoga nidra, you know, with, with Richard Miller leading us through yoga nidra and my yoga teacher training. And so I was really um, excited for this conversation with John because of who he is, because of his, um, the roles that he's playing, you know, his expertise and the roles that he's currently playing, just to hear about him and his thoughts around yoga nidra and his experience. And also just to kind of be in his, sphere of energy for a bit and kind of feel that and it definitely had an impact what about what about you I know your experience with John is is quite different to mine well not quite but it's different to mine in the in the history that you all have and so I wondered also just how that impacted it well I was already I mean I'm a huge fan but so mm. I was I was receiving him with excitement or I, I was I was sitting um, in the conversation with excitement to be with him again because yeah. I've been with him a number of times, including in person for a few days in a row here in Sydney. And, um, you know, I, I will just say is what you all heard in that podcast, his, you know, deep um, authenticity and wholeness and, and fullness of life and love is how he is, you mm. know, um, in real life too. I mean, he's he's a... Uh, we, we were joking before, as the Australians say, he's a really, 
you know, good value person, high value, yeah. good bloke, you know, uh, sure. genuinely. So I'd love yeah. to be speaking with him. I also love to be speaking with him because I, um, Yoga Nidra too, for me, has been instrumental in, you know, supporting me in the last 15 years through, you know, various health challenges that I've had, mm. um, physical health challenges, mental health challenges, um it is and then you know more recent years as i've come to the irest um you know training and then in particular the retreats mm -hmm. it has it has um completely shifted and informed my meditation practice mm. and um i wondered right at the beginning now of this little outro um yeah. shara you were saying how it's um, relevant to what you're interested in at the moment. And yeah. uh, maybe our listeners know that you're, you know, doing a master's at the moment yeah. and you're studying the nature of consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, yoga nidra, and again, through, because I've studied with iRest and, and it's not to say it wouldn't be with I am or with, you know, other, um, you know, schools of, of yoga nidra, um, has really opened me up to the nature of consciousness mm. and and I have experienced different um states mm -hmm. <laughs> of consciousness because yep. of um because of yoga nidra practice so yeah. um I just loved being with somebody who just knows so much and has such rich and um long experience and is so inclusive of anybody's level or experience or interest or you know and so it goes on so I don't know just it, for me it, how it impacted me was of course I'd enjoy this because he's a great <laughs> he's a connecting great guy. With a friend yeah. yeah connecting with a friend sure. but, but and but mm. and he also I thought um so seamlessly and so articulately shares you know, pearls of wisdom that, yeah. you know, even though uh, maybe I'm attracted to them because I know them and it's like reinforcing what I already know, which mm. our egos really like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, but it also gave me some language to, for me, helping with my, you know, my, my students and clients as I talk to them about yoga nidra. So I found yeah. it, you know, educational, reinforcing, heartwarming, yeah, so fun. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I've been following John for some time and I really enjoy having the opportunity to connect more closely with teachers that I've, you know, that I respect um, and whose work, you know, I'm, I'm interested in. And because I find that it can be really easy to, you know, to put, pe to put teachers on a pedestal um, and to have some expectations around teachers. And we touched on that a little bit in the, in the podcast. Mm. And I felt that John, just having this opportunity to have this deeper conversation with John, these are all things that you would have already known, having been such a friend, a friend of his for such a long time. But for me, just his way of being, like I was saying to you before we started talking, I really felt his practice in his expression of being in the conversation and that really, that, that to me uh, felt in my, in my own way, like this permission giving um, in that when you see folks who are so authentically engaged with the world and so centered in themselves, 
um, for me, that's really, it's quite a disarming experience. It's quite a, a feeling of, it, it almost allows this direct connection to folks. And I think I can be myself too. I can be, you know, I can be more true and more real. And I think that that's just the impact or the effect that John, you know, has on people. You know, I guess I can generalize. I can, I can go ahead and say that for everyone, but it's certainly the feeling that I had. And, uh, and so it was a really wonderful conversation, you know, that along with all the, what you mentioned, the, the, you know, the pearls of wisdom and, and, um, you know, the, the insights uh, about the two different schools of yoga nidra that he's involved with, you know, IRS and, and I am, which um, there's definitely questions out there about the differences between those things. And I think mm-hmm. he did a really great job of, of giving us some clear understanding of, you know, what the differences might be and definitely what the similarities are as well. So, yeah, yeah I, thought, I think I thought um, specific to that, um, you know, it, it it's a, it's maybe a little shorthanded, but to um, start, at least as a starting premise, is to say, yeah. if you're more of a head person, then you might be attracted to this style. If you're more of a, you know, energy or, you know, spiritual inverted commas, then you might be mm. attracted to, to this style. Now, he blends, you know, in his, he made mention of these um, Monday night um, meditations that he offers, which, as I said, in Australia is Tuesday late morning or Tuesday late afternoon. Mm. Um, he blends the two of them beautifully, um, you know, which is what really appeals to me because I'm, mm. you know, um, my constitution, Ayurvedically, is to mm. be like more of a head person, but, mm. you know, my work is to be more heart and, and you know, um, spirit connection and so forth. And so mm. I love the way he blends them because he draws on, on you know, the the practices or the approach and the wisdom from both and seamlessly. Mm. Um, but it, but still people have to start somewhere and it's better if they start with things that they identify with. And so that for me, you know, when I'm again with clients and students and they say, yeah, I'm interested in uh, yoga nidra, then that will help me direct them, I think, more effectively for their start point. And then they'll have their own, you know, journey of discovery and experience. Um, mm. You know, and similarly, the conversation about, you know, uh, guided versus self-led, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, you know, IREST was, you know, deepening into the IREST practices, particularly the retreats. It mm-hmm. was from there I was able to do self-led yoga nidras. Before that, I hadn't. I'd only ever done guided ones, so recordings from various people, including mm-hmm. John, including Richard Miller, including uh, various other teachers over the years. Um and but also to talk about sort of kind of the pros and cons of of both I mean they both have benefits and they're both Mm. hugely valuable at different times Mm. and so I love that too that was another aspect of yoga nidra that isn't I don't think is often discussed no not at Um, all no yeah um, so isn't it cool that he's on the board now yeah. of uh, the IRS organization? That's and, fantastic. That was yeah. great news. You know, I mentioned that in the podcast, that that was just really good to hear, mm. you know, somebody who, as we said, is just so grounded and down to earth wise and, you know, and open hearted um, to, to, to see them, you know, have this opportunity to mm. give back in a, in a, in an entirely different way. Um, yeah, I guess it sort of speaks to everything that we've been saying about John, you know, just, you know, who he is in the world. And, um, and I am looking forward to seeing, you know, where he goes with all of it. And, and, 
you know, what that means for all of us too. <laughs> exactly. So we need to bookmark and, yes, and right. another another podcast with him in a year's time and say, That's so right. what have you exactly. delivered? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I'm sure he would love to have. I bet he would. It'd be so. just as enjoyable too, I'm sure. So yeah. yeah. Yep. So Wonderful. Look him up. definitely look him up, everybody. He's uh, yep. easy to access through his website and yep. Um, and then hopefully we'll be in Australia for those of us based in Australia. And then he's, of course, available in the US in his um, retreats. Good guy. Definitely yeah, worth it. Mm. For sure. We put, we'll go ahead and put some links into the show notes for everything that we can find for John. And so you can go ahead and take a look at those things if you're wanting to, uh, to connect with him, as, as Lucy has suggested, because I think it's a great idea. Great conversation, my dear. I'm looking forward to the next one. Me too. Take good care. <laughs> Bye. You too. We'll talk soon. Bye.